0: This episode of Fermented Adventure, the podcast features Mark Farrell and Devin Flickinger. It was recorded at Hook and Flask Stillworks in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Please take a moment to subscribe to be notified when the most recent episode has been uploaded. Feel free to reach out to Hook and Flask and let them know what you thought about the podcast. Cheers! You can find us at fermentedadventure.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Fermented Adventure. Email us at fermentedadventure at gmail.com. All right, F.A. Nation, let's meet our guests. We're here at Hook and Flask Stillworks in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. He's Mark Farrell. He's Devin Flickinger. Don Raniere here, I'm Rich Shane, and welcome to the Fermented Adventure Podcast. So we've been here before, we had a great time, we had some of your fabulous cocktails, and we've been working this out to try to get this interview together. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us. So talk about how Hook and Flask got started. How did all this happen? How did all this come about?
1: So I guess I would say, uh, you know, my wife and I have talked about opening a business over the years, and... um in my travels for my day job, I would see craft distilleries as an up-and-coming thing. You know, you look at the, the craft beverage, I guess, market, and, you know, brew pubs have been around a long time, and they've built and built on the years, and they're very popular. But um, you'd start seeing more craft distilleries pop up. So it's an interesting market to get into, um, in, in my mind, um, and, and a good fit here for where we are in Carlisle. Um, Devin and I have known each other through the fire service actually we originally met and uh we've been friends for probably 15 years and devin's been doing home brew beer home wine for a long time so i said hey buddy let's get together hey have you have some knowledge you
0: know what's going on yeah, right so we
1: so we yeah. talked about it and because i knew that the, the, the distilling part's really in his wheelhouse i mean he loves the
0: how do you done Had you done any distilling prior to this or i mean you can sort of hypothetically did distilling
2: hypothetically hypothetically
0: yes. you did yeah um but you, you did home brewing and home, you, you know, did wines and fermentation and things yeah, like that. home
2: beer, home wine fermentations, absolutely.
0: How did it come together? I mean, it, was it just, Mark, based on your travels that you said, I think a distillery would be better suited than a brewery or something where we're producing wine? I think it was really because of the, like,
1: you know, the way the market's developed, and, and especially here where we live. You know, I mentioned before about Carlisle. Uh, Carlisle's got, you know, there's, there's four brew pubs here in town. And there's a Cider Works that opened up a little bit before. Right, Grand Illusion. Grand Illusion. Grand yep. Illusion. And then there's, a, there's a winery here in town. So, like, we were a great fit to that. You know, Carlisle's been a cool place for locally and outside the area because the, the Carlisle Chamber and organizations here do a good job of advertising, trying to get people from D.C. to come up for a weekend, whatever, you know, from Philly. So, you know, I think we felt I felt like we were a good addition to that. You know, to the to the market here to kind of add to what's already going on and be able to take advantage of, you know, how people are, are enjoying their craft, you know,
0: beverages here. So, from a business standpoint, it really fulfilled a niche. I mean, right. for those that know, you know, Carlisle is about two hours west of Philadelphia. You've got this amazing fairground where there's through through the summer and spring and fall months when we don't have COVID or when you know the governor doesn't decide what. Fairground things we can do and what we can't do, but there's a lot of car, um, different car shows here, so it's it's a good fit for people to come into Carlisle. Not to mention what you have going on downtown. So well, there's a number of things, not even just the car shows. You talked about them; they
1: did happen this year, but they were limited. We've got a college here, Dickinson College, is here, so you know we don't necessarily get students that frequent our place, but but you know parents that come in town when they have football games and activities. Um, we've also got an Army War College here. So every, t- for 10 months out of the year, there's a class in of 400 men and women that are attending the college and bringing their families. Some bring their family, some don't. So there's a lot of things going on here. It's the county seat of Cumberland
0: County. So you got the courthouse and all that. So there's a lot of cool things about Carlisle. So it's, it's, it's an ongoing process throughout the year. You have different areas to draw from. Yeah, exactly. But Devin, for you... You were doing home brewing and everything else. How did this transition for you into becoming a distillery? I mean, how what was the process? How long did it take from that conversation that you had, saying, "Hey, we've been buddies for 15 years. This is the idea." What would you, you know? How, how would you see this you know kind of come into come into place?
2: Well, and as the concept grew, uh, we actually it took a while. And, and
0: why, a when I say a
2: while, probably took about two years for everything to go because of certain regulations. You know, with the distillery, it's it's much different than having a winery or brewery. Um, we, we are distilling alcohol, which is regulated by the TTB federal government. Um, and we need to have a place called Home, our business here at 137 North Hanover. We need to have a place before you can actually start distilling. So that was a big challenge for us. Is, uh, and so it, it was about two years. You know, until, we, until we bought we started. a building
1: that was like a, an old print
0: shop, so we right. had like, so we couldn't even just buy the building like Devon said. Hey, put a still in here and start going. So yeah. this was an old print shop yeah. at one time. Now, what I find is interesting is when you look at all the distilleries and the, the things that Dawn and I get a chance to visit, they're in different locations, but most of them tend to be more in industrialized areas because of the idea and what people see as a distillery to be this is you're right on main street you're right that's on, what we wanted to do yeah, we really I mean,
1: wanted to and this this space kind of gave us the opportunity to do it we have a decent production space here we'll run out of storage space but we knew that that was going to happen but that was a trade-off to be in we have a small amount of storage space but a trade-off to being on main street where all the activity is and having our production right here but there's a lot of storage facilities all around here so we'll find something Ready. So
0: that would be barrel storage, but this yeah. is always, at, at this point, the business uh, idea, the business concept is this will be your distillery and production facility. Right. This will be the restaurant and your bar and cocktail um, location. But then if you need to start to do barrel storage, right. that'll be in other spaces, yeah. spaces right?
1: And kind of going back to your earlier question, like, you know, after I tapped Devin on the, on the shoulder and I said, hey, I got this idea, you know, the, the first part was really fun because we were like, hey, we got to go do some market research that's what we would we would visit well i mean we would <laughs> visit distilleries all over yeah. to learn like hey what are people doing like how are they set up their place what kind of equipment do they use talking to people and initially like i was a little shy. like i go in and i just like kind of look and then you know after a while and i you know then i tell people who i am and realize how open our industry is people yeah. are so open to sharing what they're doing what's worked what hasn't worked
0: and did that, that surprise us. you?
1: Did you think that people it, it, were going to kind of keep their secrets to themselves? It, it did surprise me. It did surprise me a little bit, you know, uh, because you don't see that in a lot of other industries, you know. So, it, it, you know, because you think people would think, oh, they're going to steal my ideas or my secrets or whatever, but it, it's the complete opposite. It's been a great experience. And in fact, like that led to the first place where we like worked with a distillery down in Southern Virginia where we shadowed them for
0: What was the distillery's?
1: It's actually uh, Davis Valley Distilling in what's it Royal Retreat, right? Royal Retreat, and, Virginia. And okay, great bunch of guys, and just said, "Hey, come down and spend some time with us." So we did. We spent days distilling, you know, going through the process. We went down a second time, you know. Plus, we took some classes and stuff too. So, like that kind of, I think that kind of molded the experience Devin had. You know, I learned about it, but he does it. Where did you take classes?
2: So we took uh, two classes. We went two separate times to Rochester. Uh, Black Button Distilling Company up in Rochester, New York. Um, Jason Barrett up there. Him and his crew with Jeff Faircloth. Uh, those those guys are awesome. Or uh, Fair Brothers. Yeah. And uh, we had we had a fantastic experience. First day was a uh, it was a three day, uh, basically covered from anywhere from your business um, venture to marketing to to branding everything from A to Z. And we. We dabbled a little bit into actually producing spirits. The second time we went up was more hands-on, the nuts and bolts of, this is what you have to do to get spirit out of the parrot of your still. Yeah, we, <laughs> so, and we, kinda,
1: we actually did that as a, as a, a private couple-day yeah. deal. It wasn't a canned class like they do, which, I mean, a canned class was great. We learned a lot, you know. Um, but, but doing the private thing, allowed us to ask questions that were specific to us, Talked about recipe development, some ideas we had, some things like that. So it was really a great experience and helped us to mold to be able to get our business off the ground when when our build out was done and our stills were here
0: and everything. And this was a two year process from idea to coming together, collaborating, saying, "Yeah, I'd like to do that with you. Let's do that." So now you're talking two years from acquiring the site, starting to build this out the way you would want it to be, deciding what equipment you were going to need based on what you wanted to produce, right? And then starting to source your grains and distilling. Sure. Now, what was it? I mean, what was the realization, first of all, after you started taking classes or doing classes or visiting distilleries, that you really felt comfortable that this would be something as a venture that you could do together? (laughs) I mean, I, or there I
2: still isn't, say, at this point there still isn't one and you're not sure well, still, <laughs> you know, after being in business for uh, one year a little bit over a year and having to deal with COVID, you know, I think we're still finding that out and we're still, you know I like to tell people, you know um, you know, we're, we're now starting to get into the pre-COVID initiatives, like uh, expanding our our our, uh, our liquors, you know, just not vodka and apple pie and gin yeah, like we're barreling more bourbon now and uh, and, and playing with a couple different recipes to see you know how things go in the future but i mean we talk about timelines i mean it took eight months from from the day we ordered eight months to ten months just to even have this stuff the distillery equipment here and then set up and There's i think i think that's what i would
1: I'd add is like it was a big risk so where did we realize when that we we could really get this done I mean, I think the day we opened our doors, and people really liked our Apple Pie Moonshine, which was our first product and still one of our most popular, and it's all local stuff. Uh, we, we actually even pair it like, our, our Apple Pie mix that pairs with the, the unaged corn whiskey is actually starts with cider from Adams County right below us so from a cider works. So we get fresh-squeezed cider in it. So I think, like, we, you put all that risk out there. We ended up buying a building, which originally wasn't in our original plan, but we realized that's what we had to do. So we buy a building, so we increase our plan. We buy all this equipment, we do a whole build out, and, and then it's like, cause you, and that's a huge risk that you put out there. So when the doors open up and a bunch of people come in and they're enjoying themselves, that to me was like, okay, I think we're, I think this is going to work. Good. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs>
2: right, you know. Yeah. and especially they're drinking our, our our spirits and they were enjoying themselves. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How did the name hook and flask come about for this being what it's called? Well, I think we we tried to pair the two things that
1: I guess between what we have in common and what we're trying to do. You know, so we're both longtime volunteer firemen, that's how we met. We wanted to we, we kinda decided, hey, let's let's do a fire theme place. Nobody's really doing that around here. Um, you know, and it's it'll give us some uniqueness in, in bottling and branding and how do we tie that into making spirits so the hook parts from a fire hook and the flash parts from this spirit side so it kind of tied those together and then our as you guys can see our logo you know we a Maltese crosses is, is a is a fire symbol and so we use that as our as our in our logo but it has a barrel popping out of it just like our sign does out front so it kind of combines
0: those two things yeah i, I like the logo because if you show up wearing those shirts anywhere i mean people think you're with the fire company, yeah? The and, do, all do. right? They do they do, do they? they, do. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What fire company
1: are you with? Oh, wait, that's a whiskey shirt. <laughs> you know, so. yeah. It's a it's a well known. That's what we like. It's a well known symbol. So if you look at our bottles, so you know someday we we expect to be in the Pennsylvania liquor stores, and when our bottles are sitting on the shelf next to everybody else's, that Maltese Cross is going to pop out, along with the other you know the labeling we do, like Dawn. You said you love the white, red, white, and blue. I mean yep. that was Devin's idea on the vodka. It's like Let's put some red, white, blue into this because you know, I mean we're all about all about that too. So that that bottle really pops. But trying to add you know fire dog gin with this Dalmatian sitting on a on a chair at the watch desk, he's waiting for the crew to come back. You know, so some just some cool things like that that kind of make them they're interesting for us, but the general public they kind of pop
0: as a as a fire related. It creates a connection <laughs> to the whole overall theme, but it also is relatable for you guys as well. Right. So you're telling a story. That when people pick up the bottle, as you said, they'll recognize the cross, and then they'll also start to look at what's left on the bottle to tell the story.
2: And and on the to your point, on the back of every one of our bottles is our story, so they can with the purchase of every bottle they can, read they, can our story. they can read the story absolutely. Now you mentioned
0: Devin that basically you this is this distillery is you, you're still in its infancy essentially that you opened and you didn't even have your one year anniversary. I believe, pre-COVID. So your anniversary for being open one year came after the whole pandemic kind of went into full effect. Right. So what's that experience been like that you, you have like all this plan for production and as you said, Mark, you know you're looking to get into the LCB, the Liquor Control Board, and start to sell sell in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania state stores. But but what's what's that? How's COVID affected you from the onset and and the plan for business and where you are
2: today? So that's a great question. I think it's twofold. One for for me, and then Mark, I'm sure will have some uh, for the front end of the business. So as far as uh, distilling purposes, we um, during COVID, obviously, no nobody knew what that, what the, all the impacts that were gonna happen, especially a new business, like you said, the infancy of our distillery here. And it's like, all right, how can we make a difference? What can we do? Well, very early on in COVID's uh, start, there was a group of distillers all throughout Pennsylvania that kind of like put their feet down and drew a line in the sand and said, hey, we're gonna help the industry. We're gonna help the healthcare providers. And what we did here locally was we basically not only did we continue our production because we had to to get to get liquor in the bottle to get it ready, um, well, we converted our distillery into a hand sanitizing uh, factory as well, and and we distilled hand sanitizer for basically anybody in emergency services, police, fire, emergency services, sheriff's department, even. Um, uh, local doctor's offices Uh, we didn't get into the health stream or the health system stream because I think we produced a thousand or two gallons and we donated it all Uh, even even the postal service yeah Um, Yeah, some nursing homes yeah we did it all local we did to try to
1: give back to our communities
2: because we obviously we're service oriented being in the fire and ambulance business I mean uh, we take care of people. That's what we do. And it was like, we, this was our calling. To and do this is your community. Yeah. So you yeah. see something like
0: that come about, and this is, you have this whole production facility where you can then, as long as you get the formula, you yep. can switch to doing hand sanitizer and really being a, a feature in the community to where you're helping people navigate through, hey, you know, they're calling for hand sanitizer. We have what we need to help you do that, right? Yep. Now... I guess you know from that standpoint you're already sourcing grain you're already buying things so you have an inventory of things that you've already brought on site that you now need to do stuff with right so initially it was just converting that to doing hand sanitizer where are you sourcing your greens from and and this just popped into my head because was there any interruption or was there any issue getting the source, getting your grains that you source from as COVID came about or were, were the farmers and, and everywhere you're getting it from still able to bring it to you?
2: Sure. Um, well, first we get all of our grain for the most of our grain, I would say 90% of it from locally here in Middlesex Township, just outside of Carlisle uh, at Sunday's Mill. And we get it. It's, it's locally sourced. It's all right here in Cumberland County. Um, we get our uh, corn and our rye and there was no interruption in service so i mean within a day or two i was getting migraine so just planning it out and uh i would do it. it's funny because i would do a, a batch of hand sanitizer then i would do another a batch of vodka and you know through covid the, the crazy thing uh, that happened locally well throughout the state was governor wolf closed the state stores well i'm sure uh, like other distilleries I mean, my production need went through the roof. Right, with, I couldn't keep vodka. People to the needed to
0: find a way. Right. To look, if you're going to be stuck in your house, yeah, you <laughs> want to have a good time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and, you and might try as well. to. <laughs> might as well, right? Yeah.
1: When well, I think back in like backing up to like originally, we were talking about we're in business eight months, and then COVID happens. You know, um, we 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 enjoyed over that eight months, and actually, as we were building out our place, to get to know more people within town. I mean, not customers even customers. are are great and have been great in the community for us but other businesses and in town now people work together so um that that's been a great part of and and us being able to support our community and the community supporting us you know and but it kind of like it changed a lot of like we were you know talk about getting in the
0: state source system that's not tomorrow that's down the road that's a a future plan, Right, for and instance, you also our, have to provide the production that they production need. They're not just buying five oh, bottles. Yeah, yeah. They want a pallet. Yeah. So so you so have to kind of foresee production.
1: We're, we're selling bottles here. We're doing, we have a bar front, obviously, we're doing. We, we focus on craft cocktails. Um, you can walk in, you can buy one of our bottles that we have for sale. We were getting ready to, we were preparing to do self-distribution locally right before COVID happened. So we've gotten enough inventory where we were comfortable um, to get, to supply ourselves and then start branching out, like here in Carlisle and, and the central Pennsylvania area, a little bit and kind of work our way gradually. But um, we kind of stopped that and we went through a lot of an inventory during that couple weeks when the state stores were closed. So thankfully, we had two great weeks of good sales amidst all the craziness of not making a bunch of money for a while, you know. So, but, uh, but it, it blew through our inventory. Like Devin said, the need became higher. We both. Work other
0: jobs, so because we're new,
1: we're only a year old. And you're
0: both considered essential workers when COVID hit, right? I mean, it's not uh, like they. Well, he's a you, paramedic by right. trade, so yep. he is. I'm a
1: sales guy. I don't know. Okay. Are we essential probably not, but I sell to retail, so that was essential. So I, I didn't stop working. Okay, but uh, Mark,
0: nobody's telling you you're not essential, or just, te- <laughs> just he's essential.
1: Right? I'm just teasing because you know sales guys, you push them off the cliff, right? So, but uh, I know you're a sales guy. Yeah, but uh, so. You know, but, it, like, that kind of changed what we were doing. We're still trying to get back in that mode of getting enough production together to, to start doing outside sales, you know, so, because that's our next step, local outside sales, and it'll take us a while to get through that, to get the production point, you know, the production point to be able to support getting into the state store system means he's working here full time. We've got other distillers on staff. It's not just Devin working yeah. here outside of his regular job, you know, so...
0: So, you know, that's, that's in our plans. But here's, here's what I hear you say the plan is still in place. Oh, sure. Oh, it's absolutely. still functioning. Yep. It yep. may have become delayed yep. a little bit, but you're thriving. You're doing okay, yep. and you're moving forward through this, right? I mean, I think what helped us is being so new because we're, I mean, we work for
1: free. You know, if you make your business plan and make money off of day one, I think you're crazy, in this business at least. You know, so we work for free, and we work very hard working for free. But uh, if we weren't doing that and we were trying to support our families, I think we'd be sitting here talking. There'd be more stress
0: about, hey, let's get this going. You know, why are
1: you sleeping? Stuff like that. Our stress now is paying our employees, paying our bills. And, you know, we've been able to get some of the, you know, the help that's out there, which has helped us too. So, you know, those things kind of play into it and help us to continue our business plan, like you were saying. So, you know, we we are moving forward
0: and we're still healthy. Through that business plan, what was it that helped you create in saying not just a tasting room but you wanted to do a cocktail program you have a restaurant here what were some of the conversations to get to that point so I think like
1: the biggest thing about having more than a tasting room for in our conversations was okay we know we're going to produce spirits but you know the way at least the way it's set up in Pennsylvania the nice part about how it's set up in Pennsylvania even with all the rules and regulations (laughs) is that there's multiple avenues right we talked about a couple of them already I mean, we're doing bottle sales out front. We can surely do tasting, um, and we can do outside sales. We can go into the liquor store system. You know, the bar front and restaurant um, adds more value to that, you know, another avenue. So we're not, like, dependent on one area, you know. And and really, it allows us to kind of showcase what we have here, too, with our craft spirits. We weren't going to do as much food as we have right now. We were going to start out and do more of, like, snack-type stuff. Um, But we wanted to have the bar front because we wanted to to focus on
0: craft cocktails. So having the food was almost where we are today, almost serendipitous that you actually have that. Because for those that are not in Pennsylvania, if you want to consume alcohol, you have to have food at your table. You have to purchase something. And no matter what everybody defines a meal as, air quotes, meal, um, you're providing that already. Right. You don't have yeah. to, like, outsource and get a hot dog uh, machine right. And, right. or something that constitutes a meal. So it was almost thinking you were just going to do snacks. And then it translated into having a full, you know, production restaurant going, right? Yeah, yeah. And we're not, like, we're not full sit-down, but we do some, I mean, we do some pretty.
1: stuff. You do stuff
2: burgers. Like you
0: do you do fun stuff with tots.
2: And, yeah. yeah,
0: we do. We do. So, uh... Like the no. fireman theme, right? I mean, what, what, what's a firefighter, what's a paramedic going to eat? Um, <laughs> in Between shifts or yeah. between fighting stuff, right? Anything you can get a hold of. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I, I see this pops into my head. So the recipes that have come from the restaurant for what you're making, where did, where did the recipes come from? They came from the chefs. Yeah, the chefs. You know, we relied on people that have been in So you industry. hired a chef and yeah. you said, hey, listen, you bring this in. It wasn't as if your mm-hmm. buddy said, you know what, this is the chili recipe. If you do that, this is the burger recipe. I mean, we, we had some ideas of some
1: things that we were interested in. Um, and and we're actually we have a second chef now, not the original one that started with us. But the original one kind of took some of our ideas and added a lot of his own. And and then the new chef that we have now, who started, I guess, probably like two three months before all the COVID stuff, towards the beginning of the year. Um, you know, he's put his own twist on the menu and he's doing more. And he and he does he does more like weekend specials and small plate type stuff and some desserts and some other things. You know, and, and, and we do. You know, like, when you talk about, like, why the bar front, we do live music on Friday and Saturday nights, and we, and we love that because then it's like, hey, it's a cool place to go and listen to some music, have some drinks, have a little bit to eat, you know, some things like that. So it kind of gives us, you know, a nice atmosphere to, and
0: a, and a revenue stream. I feel like for the both of you, this has become an extension of your social network that, you know, you couldn't fit a live band in your house. You know, and you, you, know, you, had, you wanted to have more people over to have cocktails and food. So this has now just become an extension of just having family, friends, and people like Dawn and I who become new friends that sure. just enjoy what you're doing and how you're doing it. That's cool. That's a, good, that's, that's a neat way to look at it. Sure. Well, it's,
2: it's all about the experience, too. So, I mean, when we, we started looking at this building, I can tell you that the big garage door that's out front, um, well, we're the only storefront in Carlisle that has a uh, an open storefront. And it's really nice for, especially when there's, it's nice outside, and there's people sitting outside, and plus we have the band going. It's great. It's a great atmosphere. It's a fun atmosphere. And and we have for everybody you know that's on on the podcast that actually uh, comes and comes here and views, they can see the distillery, they can see the shiny uh, stuff and the stills and stuff like that through our large window, and people people love to have dinner right beside it. And that's it's kind of a nice thing. I call that
1: the distiller's table, kinda of like the captain's yeah. table on a ship, right? You know?
2: Or the like chef's table in the
1: back of the <laughs> restaurant, so exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 It's the distiller's table, you're sitting right at the still,
2: you know. One of the things we probably haven't started back doing since COVID and, and we're still grasping a lot of the you know, social distancing and, and what what to do, what not to do within the regulations, and that's the, our weekly tours. We were doing before COVID started, we were doing weekly tours on Saturdays and Sundays, majority through Mark, but uh, we would do we would do that. We would do tours and tastings, and it, it lasts about forty five minutes to an hour, yeah, yeah. basically of uh, uh, basically the, the from anywhere from the grain to the process to the end product. And speaking of the end product, here's here's your liquor to sample. So we we do that.
0: I love that segue. So why don't we start with the first <laughs> item that you distilled or the first product that was uh, coming out of a hook and flask? Wow. So the the
2: first, yeah, sure. We'll go the sweetest route first. So our, uh, I'll let Mark start pouring there. So this is our Flashover Moonshine. It's our apple pie. Um, it's Like Mark said, it's uh, very favorable. One of my favorite drinks that uh, that I've done uh, YouTube, or well, not a YouTube, a Facebook Live video on, on how to mix it. It's very easy. So you take, uh, you know, it's basically three quarters Flashover Moonshine. It's a 40 proof uh, with corn whiskey. And you, and you do a quarter of uh, your cranberry juice, and that is your Ben Franklin.
0: Okay, which that's, is an old, like, we, like, like an old punch it. kind of a thing,
2: yeah, right? So and We call
1: it a Ben Franklin because Ben Franklin was the first firefighter right. in Pennsylvania. So yep. Started the first fire company in Pennsylvania, so we kind of try to tie that into our yeah. theme. All our regular drinks have a fire name. And that's not all the seasonals, but all the regular ones.
2: Right, and to your last question about you know how much did, did we have to do with the, the food menu, well, probably we had more influence on the drink menu, not only because we made the spirits, but the names of the cocktails. It was, it was a great, great time between a bunch of us to, to name the cocktails, and we occasionally do spirits, our uh, weekend specials and stuff like that, and we get into fun seasonal type drinks.
1: I think what's unique about this, like, this is Apple Pie Moonshine, right? So um, so it's uh, it's, a lot of people think about shine, and they think about a burn, right? And a lot of people like their shine that way. But we chose to do this a little differently. Actually, it was Devin's, you know, idea to do it this way. But I I call it an easy sip and shine because it's 40 proof. It's not 100 proof. And it's got a great apple pie taste to it. And, And mixing that together, I mean, we... We actually get fresh squeezed um, cider from Big Hill Cider Works down in Adams County, and and that's what we make this with. So, um, along with our, our local grains to make the whiskey, you know. So, people love this, and they love it because whether it's making that Ben Franklin or just sipping it over ice or warming it up in the in the in so a I was cool just like a
2: hot evening or, yeah. or whatever, you know. So, do a little uh, shot of whipped cream on top, a little cinnamon. Yeah, man. it's a good shot. With all the, you know,
0: you went to the classes, you talked to the different distillers, you shadowed distillers as well. How was it you
2: picked saying, hey, let's do a moonshine first? What was the thought through there? So one is the locally sourced, like Mark was saying, down at Big Hill. We, we knew it was readily available, and we knew we, we could make a, a corn whiskey. And if, if you take a look at the, the marketing aspect of the flashover moonshine, Think of the Flashover Moonshine as our one. It's a fire name. Flashover is a series in a in a in a fire, but that is our series, if you will, of, of, of things to come. Uh, whether it's a cinnamon like Fireball whiskey or um, an iced tea whiskey, that kind of thing. So that it just opens our avenue with that, and that's why we what we chose with that. But we love the apple. We love it being local, and it's a it's like Mark says, a very popular. One of the things, whenever we visited uh, Virginia, I mean, they had it up in New York too, but the big thing we, that I learned from Rusty Cox's name is he said, when you smell it, when you taste it, you should still taste the corn whiskey. And when you smell our flashover Over Moonshine, you can smell the corn. You can smell that, that liquor. If, if He said, if, if you don't smell it or you don't taste it, you got it, you got it too low of a proof. So and then you're just drinking. So the
0: ethanol juice. becomes a it helps the delivery mm-hmm. of the corn whiskey essence that you're going to be tasting. Sure. One mm-hmm. of the things I get and it transfers extremely well because I do get that corn on the nose and and it's almost like a, a wet corn like you've just driven through a, a corn yep. like, like past a farm yep. and it just rained. But then what hits you is you get the the apple and I almost get that 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 core the apple core. Smell that comes off of there, too. So it's almost like this in the raw state, that's what you're getting on the nose.
2: Wait until you taste it.
0: Well, we'll, we'll definitely <laughs> taste it. Well, one of the things I find is, like, you know, Mark, you mentioned this is nice sipping moonshine, right? Or this is nice sipping um, distilled spirit. But from a standpoint that you should be able to enjoy the nose just as much as you should be able to enjoy the consumption of what you're yeah. drinking. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I find, and Don and I talk about this all the time, it goes hand in hand. You, you don't, you know, this isn't something you're just going to say. Hey, just give me a shot, you know, take it and go. This is something you just want to. There's a fire, you know, or you're just, you know, you're watching a game or you're just relaxing. This yeah. is something you just, you know, grab a cigar. You could have a cigar and, with this. Yeah, for sure. And and that's one of the things we try to do in
1: our in our tastings when we do a tour and tasting. And it's not something we invented at all. I've seen it at a bunch of different distilleries because we visited tons of places and I've done tours at all different places, but. To help people appreciate that, that want to come in and, and learn about what you're doing, we use we use actually Glencairn glasses when we do to, uh, tasting. We use it for all the spirits. I brought them out here today for us to do our up and coming rye when we start talking about that. But uh, but we do that, and and that's what I share with people that I learned. It's like smell it and open your mouth, let it come up through your nose and across your tongue to get to to taste those flavors before you even drink it. That was know, a great so. description,
2: by the way. Well, that's, well, that's what yeah. I smelled. I don't know, like I was on the farm talking to you. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, let's let's taste it too and not just smell it. You know, you, you touched on it because of the low proof. It's there. You get that on the sides of your tongue. You, you can feel the, the the proof there. But then, what it get? It's almost drink, drink, drinking applesauce. Yeah, I, I get this Somebody applesauce said apple
1: butter to me yesterday because I ah, uh, there you go, I do. We'll apple do a, butter. A farmer's market up in Shippensburg, um, and and I take our spirits there and it's funny it happens often where like you know husband and wife will come up and the wife said, oh I don't drink liquor not straight you know like she might drink like you know uh vodka tonic or something but I'm just doing tastings you know and uh, so I said do you like sweet stuff oh yeah I like sweet stuff I said you need to try some of this apple pie moonshine and I said it's I always say it's an easy sip and shine and it's amazing how many people are like wow you know like they wouldn't have that tried moonshine But when you tell them a little bit about it, then they try and they're like, wow, that really tastes good. You know, um, you know, so it's like it it, it is kind of interesting, you know, seeing what people
0: do. And and that's what somebody said to me yesterday. It tastes like apple butter. That's what they said. I never heard somebody say that. You know what? You're right on. When you said that to me, that tastes like apple butter. And the nice thing is when that becomes introduced, what you get with apple butter is you get that buttery finish to it. But then you get the cloves. And you get the nutmeg and allspice or just yep. the baking spices that finish this out. Yeah. So, yeah, that, I, I could also see sure. <laughs> I could also see taking this and making a sauce out of it if you haven't already. Or even, you you could cook with this because of the low proof. This becomes like a, a quick bread or, or so, an apple pie. Or, so we did, there was a, actually there was a pie house in town
1: here and it closed right before COVID. It wasn't really because of COVID. The, the couple that opened it, he's in the military and he got transfer and they thought he was going to finish out his career here, so they opened this pie house. So we were actually, they were actually making, um, they were making apple pie with our moonshine, and they were making it for us. So they would basically take the moonshine and they would soak the apples in it, uh, like overnight, and then they would make the apple pie with it. And you could taste the moonshine in the apple pie. It was really cool. So we're not doing it right now because they ended up shutting down. But you know, we but we do some things, you know, to tie in some spirits like. You know, to to use some whiskey. He use some bread pudding. Oh, I think he did use it in the bread pudding that yeah. he made. Yeah, yeah. So, um, a, so we we try to tie a, that in. He
2: made like a bourbon cream.
0: Oh, that sounds like phenomenal. A, like a whipped cream and yeah. put it over top. Yeah. It was crazy. That's Just what I think. You have the restaurant, so you have a cocktail program, but you have an outlet for what spirits you're making. You know, like as you said, the flashover moonshine. This becomes multifaceted as to what somebody just not drinking. You can make a cocktail. You add cranberry so, cranberry juice to it. You can do a lot of things, and this becomes a nice vehicle that it helps to transform and create new things for you. No doubt.
2: Yeah, yeah we, we, one of our, one of the favorites here as uh, a, like a condiment, if you will, is our bourbon cheese sauce. That people, the, ter, the tater tots, they dip them in it or, you know, dip chips in it. It's great. Now you're making me hungry, Dad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so what was the next spirit that you distilled? And, and I think there's yeah. a whole story behind some of the things that we're going to talk about here.
2: So the next spirit is our uh, Halligan Hearts uh, vodka. So as you see, it's a patriotic-themed bottle. I, I, as Mark alluded to, like I, I wanted one label. If anything, if I put this up at an estate store, that this is going to stick out. This is going to stick out to every other vodka. Um, And it is 100% corn vodka. It's not potato, it's not wheat, it's 100% corn. Um, This is our batch number eight. Uh, I can say that as with any process, right, you want it to get better. And you constantly try to stay on the edge of how it can get better. And this, our batch number eight and nine, um, to me it's pretty phenomenal. Um, There's not a lot of smell. There's not a lot of taste. It has because smell. it has like a lemony. Okay, yeah. I mean, and everybody's taste buds are a little different, but with vodka, it's supposed to be a odorless, tasteless. Not see, I. That's the whole conversation, and we seem to get
0: on this every okay. podcast because I look at vodka and I think I think odorless, tasteless is something that came out of the industry back in the '90s because all vodka became was a system of Hey, we can do a flavored vodka, or this is a base of a cocktail. But when you start to get into craft, there are, there are, you know, lemon that come out of that. Or you can smell the corn if you're doing corn. Or if you add a different grain that you're making, you do get that. So this isn't, you know, odorless, tasteless. Craft becomes something of itself that people are saying, all ah, right, you know, odorless, tasteless vodka, this is what it should be. No, it's a craft vodka. Yeah. This is gonna have a nice nose to it. This is going to be full of flavor, um, but I, I think you're you're shooting for something. So my question for you, Devin, is: it started out batch one, and you said it's improved each time. So
2: talk about how you've refined the vodka. Sure. So I mean, obviously, I told you it's 100 percent corn, and we've we've stayed true to that re- that recipe. It's more of the how we run the still and uh, and I'm filtering. Yeah, and filtering it. So initially. We were. We have a whiskey column. We have a vodka column. We were. I was doing basically all. bats one through six. It would go up the whiskey column and then go right up the vodka column. Versus now, I run it up the whiskey column. I let it rest. I proof it down with reverse osmosis water, and then we run it again. So it's actually a triple distilled vodka, is what it is. It's, and what
0: have you found has changed? By changing the process of distillation. What what has come out or what's come about by doing that?
2: Certainly uh, a lot less corn on the nose initially, to your to your point, And I can appreciate your, your comments because craft is, that's what we told a lot of people. Because a lot of people initially were like, hey, this is really good, but it kind of tastes like tequila. It smells like tequila. Wow. It's not tequila. <laughs> <laughs> and then and they feel-
1: swear it's tequila in a vodka right, 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 bottle. Right, right. And even, I guess, it depends, on, it depends on which way you look at it. It's surely craft, but... People were kind of like, mm, I like vodka, but you know, this isn't really for me. But people didn't didn't like vodka might like it too. But but, but true vodka drinkers, a lot of people were like, mm, it's not like not really my thing. And especially when you look at, like you said, v- where was where's vodka been? It's a lot of times used as a base in a drink, depending on how you make that drink and how you mix it. You know, if it has a, a, a some of whatever, a corn taste, it will really tastes change the cocktail, right? Change the taste of the cocktail. So we kind of. We tried to refine it, I think, to kind of make, to put a, put a product out that people were enjoying. So I still think it has a little bit of a, a different smell and taste, but it doesn't have the heavy corn that we had initially, which w- was a turnoff to some people. Okay. And interestingly enough to me, and I laughed about this, I would, Devin and I laughed about this. Um, I was out in Ohio for work recently, within the last two months, maybe seven weeks ago. And I'm always stopping at distilleries, checking things out, and I stopped at a distillery out there. And I like vodka, um, and I like whiskey. I mean, that's a, more so than like the moonshine for me. But uh, um, so, so we're uh, we're um, I stopped, and I want to get a drink. So they're not doing any whiskey yet. Um, they're they're a brew pub too, so they got a bunch of beer, but they've got a few different spirits. They've got some a couple different kinds of tequila, and they got vodka. I'm not really a huge tequila drinker. So I'm like, oh, let me get a vodka. Well, in
0: America, in the United States, it would be called agave. It's an agave
1: spirit. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So so I go to get a
1: vodka drink. I said, give me a vodka club. That's why I like to drink vodka. And uh, the girl says, Well, I just gotta tell you it has a little bit of a corn taste and people often mistake it for tequila. So I start laughing <laughs> because here we are. I'm like, Hey, we're not the only ones. You know what I mean? So So them. I ended up talking to one of one of the owners that was there, and we talked about it, and they made the decision, and, and good for them, they, there's three guys that are involved, and and they said, you know what, it's craft and we're not gonna change it. And they left it the way it was. And and we just kinda we tweaked it a little bit. You know, and we felt like that was good for, for us.
0: Well, I, I think at the end of the day, this is your, this is your playground. Yep. Yep. You're making what you enjoy making, and you're also servicing your customer base. And I think it goes hand in hand, because sure. at the end of the day, if you're able to produce more of what the community wants, then you're fulfilling that need, but you also get to enjoy what you'd like to drink too. As you said, this is yeah. this, this is your living room. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, I, and I learned through the process and the education is, you know, you get really one maybe two chances at somebody's palate. Because if you don't like what you're drinking, you're not gonna order it again. And that's that's what my aha moment would be the fact that I see people in our place enjoying our spirits that we're making here in central Pennsylvania in Carlisle. And we're doing it. We love it. And it's like this is great, you know?
0: What's the proof on this? So that's eighty proof. It doesn't. It's it's nice and mellow. This is easy sipping. Yep. Um, I, I still get a little bit of corn. I, I don't want you to feel it's like not, now you've got a f- you've no, got to no, quadruple no, no. filter it. Now, no, no. I think,
1: um, I think it's where it needs to be, and it's still craft. That's what I was trying to say to you. It Doesn't it had a heavier taste, and that was like like you said, we got to cater to our customers. And when customers are telling you it's a little too, you know, it's too much, but
0: now it has a good taste, and it also. It still represents what it is. You still get brand. the corn there. Yeah. There's a little bit of vanilla in the flavor palette as well. Um, the a lot ethan- of people say vanilla. Yeah, yeah the yeah. ethanol dissipates. The ethanol, I think, what happens is it turns into more of a peppery finish, um, a little bit of peppery tingle on the on the palate. Yeah. this yeah. is really nice. This is it's very still good. An amazing yeah. Thank you. vodka. Yeah, Thank I you. mean, the
2: first time we were here, I was like, I'm going home with that <laughs> vodka. It is so amazing. It's-
0: well, people do love the bottle. I know, Dawn, that's what you said. Well, you love the bottle. I love the
1: bottle, but yeah. when I tasted the vodka,
0: yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's amazing. So, what are some of the cocktails you're making with this at the bar? What's a popular cocktail that you so use? One that, that's pretty popular, actually, we call the backup line.
1: Again, kind of themed towards a, a fire. Now, what is thing. on a on fire? What's, what's the backup line? The backup line. So, so, when you go to a fire, the first line goes in. The second line is a backup line. I really supposed to back up the crew that's inside to make sure the fire doesn't get past them. Okay, and that they can help extinguish the fire. This
0: is a whole firefighter education process, not just.
1: And we do with customers industry. all the time. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't ask what Halligan was because people ask me that all the Halligan time. The Halligan hearts. That Halligan on this it, picture it, here. What's that?
2: Is it a lighter? It's halogen.
1: <laughs>
0: close, close.
2: You're close. So we use. So
1: this too. picture on here is what's uh, often called the marriage, or a set of irons. Okay. Um, and, and what that is comprised of is a flathead axe and a Halligan bar. So that's a Halligan bar and it's a tool used for forcible entry for firemen. So Devin came up with that name because he's like, I want to put hearts on something because hearts is like the hearts of your run, right, right. everybody that's what you want. It's that's the, the good stuff, right. So, so he came up with the Halligan hearts and, and we kind of like put, put that together. but uh, I mean it does it gives us an opportunity to share things with people you know. On, on the fire service side too. So the backup line is it's, it's obviously vodka. It's a pomegranate juice, a little bit of lime juice, and then some simple syrup. Actually, rosemary simple. syrup. See there you go. And we make all our own simple syrups here. So so the, the combination of that is a unique cocktail. It's served up in a in a uh,
0: martini glass. So yeah, you were introducing alternatives. As to drink vodka, if you want to make a cocktail, that sounds like a delicious cocktail. Yeah, it's very popular. I mean, it's one of our vodka ones, for sure. So you decided to still vodka because now you can go a, different, a number of different places, and you're going to be sourcing the corn as your grain anyway. Um, from,
2: from that standpoint, what did you move on to? What was your next item? So we moved on to our fire dog gin, which, as you know, um, gin's base is vodka. So we took our Halligan Hearts vodka... And we infused it with, um, or I should say they call it mastery, um, nine different botanicals, our recipe, in this gin. And what we were looking for, and again, market research helped us, and we kind of figured out what we really wanted. I'll tell you a quick side story then, but um, we wanted a citrus forward gin. we want to be able to taste the botanicals. A lot of places you'll go, and well, you're, it's like you're drinking a pine cone because the primary ingredient in gin is juniper berry. Well, it's in here. By law, it has to be 50 percent or more. So by here, uh, we have that, and we were able to do a couple test runs. And uh, Mark's wife and my my wife are they, their their favorite drinks is gin, and I can tell you. Are they the CTOs, the chief tasting officers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For this well, one, you know, absolutely. they're the bosses, like any
0: other place, right? So, They're answer. They're the, they're the behind-the-scenes folks. You get folks to come really after the us. podcast is released, Mark. You get to come back home.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they, they and like Mark said, they really do help us. Uh, and like with this gin development, I mean, this was huge in that we we did three or different three or four different uh, flavors, and maybe maybe they used the same botanicals, but it was just a different way of. Uh, soaking the gin botanicals in and again right away what do you smelling citrus right on the nose but I also get I also get spices so it's, I, it's there I, what as well I'm to
1: add to that is, and I always tell people because I'm the guy out selling to people right so <laughs> it's a salesman right <laughs> I tell people I said it's a earthy citrus gin because it's it that's the that's the primary forward part of it is the citrus and the earthiness of it so so and that and that's what we were that's what we were talking about capturing, and and Devin did a great job of it, because we were we just tossed around some ideas about different botanicals, and he put the mixes together, and, and we got our taste testers, you know, our and, and my, my oldest daughter, who's 24, is a big gin drinker, too, so between our wives and my daughter and a couple other bartenders here that love gin, I mean, we just did son up, you know, it's a terrible job to have to taste alcohol and
0: see how, you know. How I feel horrible things. for you. So. I really do. <laughs> um, yeah. So... My question and thought process is, were either of you gin drinkers? Did you enjoy gin? Or was this something that you kind of, if you went out, gin would have been the last thing you, I, I know, Mark, you said you're more whiskey, bourbon. And I think, Devin, for you, you, you like more of a brown spirit kind of a thing.
2: I, I would say it's not my first. Um, I certainly have a better appreciation for gin uh, making it. And, and uh, I think it is a, a, a unique process because basically we're taking, we're taking the vodka base, we're 190 proof vodka, and we're, we're basically mixing botanicals in there, and then we're proofing it down to 100, so it's a safe proof to redistill. Uh, redistilling higher proof is not safe at all, and we love our place here, we don't wanna see it <laughs> in nothing flames. Uh, but we, we redistill it, and it's amazing how much of that, that flavor, that aroma comes through on the on the other end of
0: the so thing. talk so, about the process number right. are yeah. do you feel comfortable sharing the nine botanicals is one of them
2: or two of them a proprietary sure. secret I mean, well one's jun- juniper okay the other one's coriander and they're pretty much any citrus peel that you can imagine from lemongrass to lemon to grapefruits a big component uh, orange peel so um, yeah, a couple one or two roots in sure, there sure there's an angelica root that has a small play and that that, that might bring that earthy i think taste that's exactly i mean i get yeah. the coriander
0: and i'm glad you mentioned that i get yep. the earthiness and i think the angelica root brings that about
2: right and as mark had said we were you know we we tested them we had our bartenders test them our big thing was not only it tastes good here straight it's got to taste good nobody drinks straight gin all the time you just, it's, unless you're a really strong drink, gin drinker. Except us. <laughs> Maybe Except you guys us now. Well, but, I'd say the majority of people
0: don't. No, because and, and they to drink that drink. point, and because gin hasn't been a sipping alcohol, right. it's not a sipping spirit. Because again, you know, what are you going to mix gin with? You're going to mix gin with tonic. Yeah. Because that's what we've become accustomed to. Because right. what it does is it hides some of the defects, I think, or it enhances the gin itself. But with the craft movement, and as far as what you're responsible for, you are saying this is a you, you can just sip gin, you can drink it straight, you don't have to put anything else in it. And I think that's what happens. Like, my brother in law loves to sip vodka.
1: I don't, I like to drink vodka, but I don't really sip it unless I'm here sipping it with people, you know. But it's, uh, it's an interesting thing because you can do that with anything, you know. And I, I think, kind of going back to your question about why make gin. I mean, obviously, there's economic reasons to make all these things that we started out with because they're all clear spirits, and everybody got to start out. You know, the barrel age stuff takes a while. You know, so but but gin is um, popular in our families. Number one, even though it's not necessarily popular with us, but you know, it, it's it's a it's an interesting thing where you can be creative. You know, so um, and and I think that even though our wives like a citrus forward gin that to make me gave us an opportunity it's not like a Tangare, you know that, you're, that's, that has that heavy juniper you know flavor It gives you some uniqueness some some capability being creative which Devin's done and bringing this forward and then and then we can pair that up at the bar you know like we do a, a drink that's just kind of weaning its way it weaned its way out now because it's more of a summer drink but we do one called the water tender and a water tender, can mean different things depending on what area of the country you're from. Sometimes it means a plane that flies on over wildfires and dumps water. Okay. So it's a history it, lesson. Sometimes you can <laughs> tie that in with the fire <laughs> service stuff, right? Sometimes it, like here, we call them tanker trucks, but they drive and carry a bunch of water. The non-hydrated areas, but water tender is made with gin. It's made with a, um, a watermelon puree wow. along with simple syrup, and that's a cool drink to bring out some of the flavors in the gin and add a nice you know, a nice summery flavor of watermelon. Oh, mint in that too, do
0: they? do put some mint. Yeah, that's the, that's the, the process because, again, that goes to your cocktail program because now you say, all right, we've got this starter spirit that's a it's a great base. How do we start to bring out the different flavor profiles of what's in there now? Watermelon, mint, little simple syrup, sweeten it up, and what's that going to do? I mean, even as we're speaking here, even as the gin warms up by holding it in the glass, you start to get different things change you know the earthiness comes you get some of the more more of the nuances of the citrus so devin i mean I, the question i have is so are you using a gin basket on, on your distillation process or are you um, infusing your botanicals how is that process how are you introducing those into the gin
2: sure so we're doing uh two different ways um, so basically what i do is i mix the 190 proof vodka and the and the juniper berries and all the rest of the stuff uh, all the other botanicals sit for 24 to 48 hours. Then I take the bag out and I'll, I'll I'll take it and I'll put it inside either the gin basket or the small column. We have a 20 gallon uh, still down at the end of our distiller here behind the fermenters here. And so far we've only made three three or four batches of gin. And just because we were like, hey, you know, I don't want to make a huge batch of this, a small batch. right? So small batch, like you said, craft. And you know, once we get where we want it, which I think batch number three is there, um, then we'll do a larger batch We're using our gin basket, or what I like to tell tours and everybody—it's our wives' column because um, that, Cause that they, is, like the it, they like the gin. They like the You call know? it the wives' column. Yep.
0: I look. I, I my observation is the humility of what you're doing to say that you're not planting a flag in the ground and saying no, that's what we produce. Batch one is the same. Batch two is the same. You're you're recognizing that this is part of a process for you to say, you know what, what can we do to make it better? What can we do to refine the process to say, all right, we're happy with batch one. And this is a good gin. You get all the nuances. You get the juniper. The, the, the citrus sits on the palate. You get some of the spicy notes that you would want in a gin. But you stop and say, how can we refine this and make it better? Right. How can batch number two be better? And I think at a point, you're going to stop and say, like the vodka, I think we've dialed it in. I think now we can move forward. I like that about you guys. The, you're not throwing something and saying, we've made this, this is what it is. Like it or leave it, this is our product. Yeah. I mean, I think
1: the ref, the ref, refining it is both sides of the coin. It's for customers and it's for ourselves, too. You know, And, and part of it is... Um, I mean we're producing this as we're we're in business here so we want to sell it too, right? So I guess if we, if we had a still in one of our backyards for the last 10 years before we opened the place up and, and you may or may not have recipes,
0: but let's assume you know, didn't so, yeah, so, so but uh you know then I've never you know. seen Devin blush that red before all of a sudden oh it's a oh my gin <laughs> yeah, if this was an FBI interrogation you know yeah. we, we'd have Which to we'd man. have to handcuff you and take you out yeah,
2: but just don't ask me any questions <laughs> okay just <laughs> let me go let's roll okay keep on going so I, I,
0: I want to recognize that because I think in the craft distilling world, you have a sense about who you are. You're comfortable with the personality of the distillery. And I think if you look at fighting a fire, there's a specific philosophy of how you attack that. But fire, fire, fire can certainly be, it's, it's not constant. There are certain ways that it can go a different way, right? Absolutely. So you've got to react to that. And you've got to be able to change and be flexible to do that.
1: In this business period, you need to do it, I think, yeah, <laughs> especially especially you, this day and age, you know. And
2: you can't rest, rest back on your laurels. You, I mean, I want to be progressive, and I mean, we get it dialed in, we get it dialed in, but, you know, what's next? You know, keep evolving, because just about the time as a business owner is about the time you rest, rest it and say, okay, I got this figured out, well, somebody else will come out and do it better. So I think it's very important for us and our future to press forward and, and be the best that we can do and put the best product out there. And you mentioned you mentioned you've got fermenters
0: over there. Absolutely, I see we've got some coverings and there's there's things that are fermenting now. And you've talked about hey, you've got your clear spirits. What are you what are you distilling now? It seems like there's the next process, the next phase for Hook and Flask.
2: Right. So, mean we talked. Uh, we got the clear spirits here. We talking about some brown spirits being that is the bourbon and the rye whiskeys we are uh, we're in the process of manufacturing and distilling those every week Uh, and then we'll throw in uh, a vodka or gin so we can keep our stock up you know Uh, but yeah we're we're really pushing that alcohol through and trying to get it in the barrel as soon as possible
0: now, talk about your barrels. Talk about what you, you know—the mash build and what you're distilling as far as rye and bourbon. Sure. So, we'll,
2: let's start out with rye first. Uh, so, rye, uh, and we have a sample of it here for you guys. So, we just pulled this off. This is 120 proof.
0: There's charcoal uh, floating around in there. Yeah. I mean, this is this is like this is like giving birth. Something because
2: <laughs> he pulled it out of the barrel right, this, this for you guys this yeah, morning. I, I just I just <laughs> did. We're going to be we're going to be uh, doing a coarse filtration on this. Getting all those uh, the, the the charcoals filtration out, and, uh, and then we're going to be bottling that. Uh, we we I think what we settled on ninety two proof, yeah. ninety two or ninety four, but we're working through the label process approval process now, and uh, we're hoping for what's separate... the
0: name? Because I know I just I'm I'm like, I'm like curious. So it's called
2: Tiller Rye.
0: All right, now Tiller because if I don't ask you what Tiller means, Mark's going to be mad at me. So do you know? Do you watch Seinfeld? I do. Remember when Kramer was on the back of the fire truck driving? Right. That's a tiller. That's, That's So a, the the, gu- the person in the back driving is called a tiller? Well, he's, or, I guess he's called a tiller. The fire truck. He's but, a tillerman. So yeah. you, got,
2: you got somebody driving the front of the fire truck. you got somebody driving the, so back, the, of the, the, the back of the fire truck. back of the fire is a tiller, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. Okay. So a truck has a tractor front and a separate back. So it allows it to be more maneuverable in a city. It also allows it to, because it's longer and more maneuverable, they, it can have a larger ladder. So is this ladder. the caricature of Kramer? No. Are you gonna have <laughs> that on the Kramer. label? It's not so- Kramer. actually. What we did, like, um, which is cool to us and, and cool to local folks, is there's a, there's actually a, a battalion chief in Harrisburg, Jason Lloyd, who bought an old firehouse in Harrisburg, and it's it's in the middle of you know a neighborhood that's declined over the years, but it's a really cool old firehouse called the Allison, and um, he has a tiller from the Allison from years ago. So we actually got a picture of his tiller, and it's a sketch of the tiller from the Allison. Awesome. So it has some local
0: history, too. So You're really tying all that together. We try yeah, hard yeah, to do it, do, I mean, yeah. because I think it's part of our brand. It's part of us. and It's, it, part it's of who them. you're representing. Yeah. You know, it really gets down
1: to the roots of who yeah. you are, right? And it's fun. I mean, so we just don't have, oh, we got rye whiskey, we got tiller
2: rye. You know, so um, you know, So it just kind of ties it in.
0: So what's the mash build on the rye?
2: So the mash build on the rye is uh, 91% rye. And nine percent malted barley. So you're gonna get similar to your if you've ever had bullet rye. Bullet rye is a ninety-five percent five percent mash bill. So you're gonna you're gonna get probably not as spicy, but you're gonna have the spice. And our our thing with the rye is we wanted flavor. Now with going back to my uh, wine making days or beer making days, I when I when I made a product, I wanted to be able to taste the grain in the back the back end right I didn't want it to be chemically you know flavors and and all of our spirits so far you can taste that you can taste the grain and i'm happy with this rye i'm really really excited for its release um we can talk about it when you have it in front of you smelling it looking at it um
0: our so how rye, long has this
2: been in the barrel so right now it's 10 months it went in December eighteenth of last year. We're going to be harvesting it around uh, the end of November, so roughly roughly twelve months, give or take a couple days. But the, it's in a smaller barrel, so these We're are talking five gallon five barrels. gallon barrels. Yeah, so I got a couple barrels. So you're going to down. mature up. Your thought process is, is there
0: are fifty gallon barrels mm-hmm. waiting. As you can absorb the cost and wait for that, yeah. that's what you're going to do, right? Yep,
2: and that's we've uh, we, we decided that, you know, with bourbon and rye, we were going to do a 15 gallon and a 30 gallon uh, barrel to start. One, it's easier to handle. Two, for space-wise, we can fit more in the space in our storage area, in our un- unconditioned storage area. So it's, it's important for aging spirits in an unconditioned area because Obviously, the heat and cold of the seasons—it doesn't Uh, happen. Well, it allows it allows the ethanol, the spirit, to press in and out of that charcoal, giving it the wonderful brownish caramel color. Um, And like I said, this is unfiltered. I I pulled this right off the the barrel whenever before you guys came.
0: It's it's got this deep, rich caramel color. It really does, Um, and. What's your char on the barrel? So it's a number three, number three. Yeah.
2: Now, did you toast it? Did you char it? Did you do anything was... with the head staves? Anything? No. So it was uh, it was air dry kiln, however it is from. Uh, See, I that. geek out on stuff like yeah. that. There are
0: people that are like kind of rolling their eyes. Move on, you know. <laughs>
2: <You're> like, I, <laughs> I, I love just, just... I love the char, and are you know what yeah. are you introducing to that? And so, and the number three, we went with number three out of a one through five scale because I liked. Um, well, we liked the. What, what the cooperage said? Hey, after X amount of months, this is what you're going to get in your you know, the flavors. You're going to get the vanillas. You're going to get maybe some coffee flavors. You're going to get, you know definitely get some oaky taste. And these are these are all brand new barrels. Um, and right now we've gotten um, a couple barrels from the Barrel Mill out of Avon, Minnesota, as well as the our latest the bourbon that went in um, most recently was from the uh, Adirondack uh, Barrel Cooperage up in Remsen, New York. So a little closer, a little closer home, uh, and just a overall great. It's a family business, so we, we kind of have something in common um, and, it, and really great people to work with. I get the oak on the nose
0: to where it is now. Um, I do get the standard things that you would get on, on the nose. Um, a little bit of the the peppery notes, the the um, earthiness or the floralness of your rye, um, a little bit of the, the the malted barley. So this is how much longer do you think you're going to leave this in the barrel for at this point? You're
2: Probably just waiting not. for, just wait for the approval? label approval. Approval, yeah.
0: Okay. So we
1: were, yeah. we kind of wanted to get the four seasons in is yep. what we really wanted to do. So so whether it's late November, early December, it's going to be pretty close to twelve months. You know. So and the, and the reason. Obviously, getting the four seasons in, but the reason to to decide to
0: start bottling it is because we think it tastes good and it's ready to bottle. And,
1: and this is what
0: part. we're drinking now. Is this ninety two, ninety four? This is one hundred twenty. Yeah, right out of I'm this thinking this is barrel strength. So it's not can, proof that's down. what I'm thinking. Yeah. That yeah. This doesn't this doesn't come off on the nose as being that ninety two, ninety four. Yeah. But right. you had mentioned that that that's what's going to go in the bottle. Correct. So yeah. I just wanted to clarify that.
2: So yeah, we would proof this down with reverse, reverse osmosis water. Uh, and and this is this is cast strength as they would say. All
0: right, so I really want to enjoy this. I want to taste this, but then I want to add a little water to this sure, and kind of proof it down and see what what comes out of that too. Yeah. I'll tell you what, at 120 proof, That's delicious. That doesn't hit you the way I would have expected yeah, it to. It's got a great taste on it. There's a lot of dryness. It doesn't hit you with the spiciness of a, a full ride like you talked about yep. it as a bullet. Um, the the oak definitely comes through at the end. There's that oak in the nose. And the oak on the palate right sure. now, too. Yep. There's the, the the flavor profile of the oak and the dryness of the oak. So this is this fun for you guys in, in terms dry. of, you know, it now we're nice. doing brown spirits and you're starting to see barrels being stored in the back? It kills us to have to wait. <laughs> Time is a killer. Yeah. Yeah. So to put it in the barrels, and we're like, come on, can't we? Yeah. You know, I
1: mean, that's where we're at with bourbon. I mean, we, we got delayed on bourbon. We did rye first and the last year. We were going to follow that up pretty closely with bourbon. You know, winter time's a little slower for front of the house you know so it was like let's delay it a couple months and then we got smacked with COVID in March so we kind of bit the bullet and uh in May and said you know what we're going to buy some barrels and that was the reason you got to put the money out for the barrels you know and we weren't the unsureness of what's going on with the, with the business in general with everything that was happening with you know with with COVID so so we, we said you know what we bought some pallets of barrels and we started putting some bourbon back but unfortunately our bourbon just started in June so yeah. next June, if it tastes decent, we might do an early release, but we're looking for two-year bourbon. You know, so that's
0: our goal. It's so, yeah. hard to be patient, isn't it? Is it's t- extremely hard to be patient. <laughs> well, here's patient. what happens. You start to lay the barrels down, and then all of a sudden, you're year two years, the next barrel's ready in three months, the next barrel's ready in two yep. months. Then you've got that flow. Right. And then you can start to see how, you know, how what the juice is is going to really react, what your flavor profiles are going to be. And then you're just rolling and having fun with it, but being an infant distillery, which is what you are, it's it's very difficult because you got a lot of money and investment tied up in what's sitting in that barrel and the barrel itself too. I do,
2: yeah. yeah. That's what I was gonna say. You know, even though we have the barrels and we have them back there and we're waiting for it, but it is a true investment. Yeah. Uh, that barrel, you know, yes, there's a price on the barrel, but you take a look. There's 30 gallons of ethanol bourbon liquor in there, and there's. You know all the grain and the time and the energy and the you know everything that goes into it, and I can say blood, sweat, and tears at times. Mm-hmm. You know, so but uh, yeah, we're excited for a our uh, our one year bourbon whiskey, uh, and then we'll do a two year straight straight bourbon. And I don't know what I proofed it wait. down
0: to by the water that I added here, water because I'm from Philadelphia. <laughs> I said that for you, Mark. Uh, Did you get it out <laughs> out of the correct? No? <laughs> but I don't know what I proofed it down to. But what happens is now just to kind of give everybody the anticipation, you get so much more of the peppery notes to this. Oh, yeah. You get more more of the floral notes of the rye. I mean, we're in Pennsylvania. And, you know, Pennsylvania, rye capital, this is where the history of rye started. So what I can yeah. say to you is you're honoring the history and the lineage of rye by what you're producing. It's a great rye, even in the... You know, everybody gets all caught up in the size of the barrel, right? I mean... I, whatever conversations you're having that I know that you're going to see different profiles and you're going to see a different experience when you lay down your first larger barrel and then that's what you're probably going to stick with. But right now this is a really excellent rye that you're producing. Thank you,
2: Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, we talk about the sourcing of the grains and our, our corn and our unmalted rye do come from Sunday's mill here in Middlesex Township, so Carl, uh, Carlisle, Pennsylvania. So, um, our well, reason why it did take us a little bit to get to our bourbon, the next step to segue into bourbon, is that we needed to find a malt house that was close. Well, there are none, and so that was a little challenging. So, Google, here we came, and we found Bedford, we found Deer Creek malt house uh, in Glen Mills near. Uh, like, right there, we go. That seems to be what becomes it's, more prominent it's, yeah, in Belka, which is where I'm. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay. A good deal. <laughs> so right away, it was like, oh yeah, she it from there because I'm from. Yeah, yeah. no. Uh, but those guys, uh, Mark uh, Brant, those guys down there helped us out a lot. We talked about flavor profile. So now we're buying our malted barley and we're buying our malted rye from them. So very, very good partnership there, and it's about relationships.
0: Here's it's the beauty fantastic. of what you're. Here's the beauty of what you're part of. You're starting to produce spirits that require a need for malt houses to open or those that are producing the grains to start producing more grains, different strains, things like that. So it becomes so much more of a collaboration and a marriage of of what you're helping to build in Pennsylvania. Right. And and what people are now coming to expect from the craft distilled industry. It's not just, hey, you know, do you have a ride? Because let's talk about how that rise getting into your Glencairn or how it's getting into your cocktail. It's it's the malt house, it's the barley, it's the it's the corn, it's the grain producers. One, you know what I They really them. become part of the
1: story. What I love to tell people, I mean, because what it, what is a craft distillery? It's it's local, right? And you know, you always hear people in the restaurant industry talk about farm to table, but that's what we're doing here, right? You're farm to farm, glass, farm to glass, right? Yeah, exactly, farm right. to bottle, grain to glass, farm to glass. Yeah. Okay, so, but one of the cool things that. We just happened into that it. it kind of worked out that way. We first started producing on a small still. As this stuff was being delivered and hooked up and whatever, um, you know, we need to figure out where to, to send our spent, grain, our spent mash, right? Brewskits. So send that? it to bruskets Yeah. So well, listen to what we did though. So <laughs> okay, we had a so we're doing this build out. And there's a roofer that was doing work on the roof through our contractor. So we meet him. Alone behold, he's a farmer. So it's like, hey, you know you got cattle, do you want to take this mash? So he's like, "Yeah." Hey. so Devin gave him like a 30-gallon a pail to start out with. So he said, you know, let me make sure the cows are going to eat it, right? So he, he, so he tells us the story. He says he takes it over to the farm, he dumps it on the cement out in front of the barn, and the cows lick it up in like 50 Yeah, they're fighting each other up. <laughs> then they lick the spot where it was for like a half hour later, right? So, so anyway, he takes our spent mash. But he's not only a cow farmer, a cattle farmer, but he also produces corn. Where does he sell his corn to? Sunday's Mill, where we get our corn. So
0: that's a cool thing to tell people. And we love that we that, that happens. But, but, but here's how so. things come out. So we come, we're traveling back from Pittsburgh. We stop here. We meet, you know, the, 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 the great, you know, the bartenders you have. And we just enjoy your spirits, your cocktails. Obviously, want to sit down and talk to you. But how this all works out is... And I mentioned Bruce Kitts. Bruce Kitts was one of the guests on our podcast. Bruce Kitts takes the spent grain that you make, and they make dog treats out of it. Oh, nice. Awesome. Okay, I didn't even awesome. I didn't know you were No, I know. I, and I saw it like, you know, you didn't understand what that was. But But here's the thing. This is where the connection and the collaboration and the continuation of what, you know, the farmer plants the corn. You distill it. What do you do with it? Now there are other industries... That can feed off of, and how everybody's working together to build all this up, right. and that's what you're a part of. Oh, and that's what. So you know, somebody said to me the other day,
1: like, "Well, did, what, does he pay you for the, the spent mash?" And I go, "No, he doesn't pay us. He's doing us a favor because we got to try to get rid of it." They said, "We're doing him a favor because we're cutting down on his feed cost, so yeah. we're helping him to survive in his own business." Right,
0: you know. and, and and if a, a couple stakes end up, you know, coming through, that's fine too, right? So that's I'm the ne- that's, that. That. that's okay. the
1: that's the next <laughs> step. <laughs> interestingly enough, because there is a our beef we're getting through I mean we do a local food distributor here but we've talked about we just haven't pulled the trigger yet about going to where he sells his beef and doing some
0: some uh, All right some well now that he'll listen to the podcast yeah. because we'll highlight him you know he'll be in the show notes he'll yeah. make sure that you know there, there'll, there'll be a wrapped up butcher paper side of you have some beef waiting for you when before you open yeah. One of the things as this starts to open up warm up I get a nice rich chocolate note to this. That's what keeps coming back to me. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, you get some caramel notes to it, you get some yeah. sweetness to it, but there's, like, this deep chocolate. I mean, as a home brewer, as a brewer, uh, you know, I don't know if you're doing stouts or, or what, you know, your foray was to home he brewing. You do any of that anymore. Well, <laughs> or, 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 what, or what you used to do. Or what you used to do. But that's one of the notes that, that come, seems to come about from, from where. Yeah. Now, the mash bill on your bourbon.
2: Yeah. So our bourbon, uh, as you know, the TTB uh, through federal government sets that it has to be 51% corn. Uh, it is 76% corn and uh, 14% malted uh, malted rye or unmalted rye. I've been actually toyed around with using both unmalted and malted, just because I like the flavor. this. I mean, this is unmalted rye, um, but and then 10% malted barley. So yep, that's the that's the that's the recipe.
0: What is, in in the creative world for Mark and Devin, what what other ideas for spirits? I mean, I know you talked about the flashover moonshine, that there are other moonshines that may be coming down the pike. Pretty pretty soon, one of
2: them. Yeah, pretty soon, one of them. So, you know, everybody loves Fireball, Cinnamon Whiskey, so flashover uh, Cinnamon Whiskey (laughs) is uh, on the horizon, so we're working... I'm working through that and trying to trying to perfect it right now. I'll I'm, be your first customer. I can tell you right now. <laughs> I could I give you a little taste. It's a little hot. I mean, it's definitely fiery. Hotter so. the better. Oh Man, you should go get it. We should taste it. Oh, if you want, well, you can smell and taste it, whatever. So we can do Bring that. Bring it on. I, I brought it up here uh, and have a bag here. Actually, we can talk about it. well, I, look, look, you know what I love about this,
0: Devin. I mean, uh, when I think moonshine, I'm thinking either like a jug or a mason jar, and you're literally bringing this in a mason jar. <laughs> yeah, <trapping that> <laughs> Somebody's going to have to open this. Yep, the
2: jar—it's it's stuck. It, gets it's there, right? it is stuck. It's all right. It'll be me. We did this on purpose. No. So, a couple other things, stuff that we can toy around with. We'd love to have you take. We'd love to have That's you right.
0: try this. But yeah, the, uh The lid is get stuck. A so some other things we talked
1: about doing. So um, he's playing around with a couple other moonshines. Just some thoughts.
0: So why a moonshine home. though? I mean, is, is there something about for that that you enjoy drinking, or what is it about a moonshine that it's become so, part of your uh, your you
1: know so your, I would your say, lineup? I would say Devin enjoys that more than myself. I, I like I love this rye, and we kind of we I think I, I think we kind of tailored our rye. Built built to, to what I like to drink different rye whiskeys that I like on the heavy rye content um, you know on the moonshine side I'd say it's probably more Devon you know flavored moonshines have become quite a thing from distilleries from craft distilleries and even some not craft distilleries you see them in the liquor store and stuff but uh, um, you know some larger distilleries but uh, I think it gives us an opportunity to bring some different things forward that people seem to enjoy especially around here I don't know you know like I'm Originally from Philly, but I lived out here 20 years. People love the flavored moonshine out here, you know, and it's. Uh...
0: I think it's it's something where people either enjoy it and gravitate towards, or stick their hand up because they think moonshine. You know, we're talking about Luke and Duke and Bo and right, right. you know whatever, <laughs> yeah. and that's their perception of moonshine or somebody out there in the backwoods. Yeah. But moonshine is.
2: It's a really nice craft product. It it is, and and one of the things I'll say about uh, about Moonshine is, one, it is clear liquor, all liquors come out clear. And, you know, to sell this just as it is, um, we've learned through the craft market, this isn't favorable just the way it is. Usually, flavored is where it's at. You see, you talk about vodkas, a lot of vodkas are being flavored. Well, you can do a lot with moonshine too. And when I say you can do a lot with moonshine, I like using moonshine because it's, cool. it's straight corn liquor. It doesn't take as long. There's not more process than what you really. Right, have you're, to not really filter, like. you're, you're not like, like yeah, filtering. You're not like triple filtering this or, or triple anything else. distillation, right. anything like that. Um, so Mark will give us a little little taste of. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is really hot so you got to be careful um, I think it's going to turn. So what proof is this that's so this coming
0: was, out this, of the mason oh jar? God.
2: This was a, this was 100 proof uh, when I started add a little I, I bit of I don't simple. mean hot by proof. You just made I mean my hot by, by
0: dying, the the, by the, the, taste, the heat taste. Oh so if God, you open up so, so this is what I get out of this right away is oh, if you open up like the cinnamon sticks and you just open that up and you get this on the nose. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm getting. But I'm also getting like this 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 tea, like this black tea note tea. to the nose. Wow,
2: that's a good one. Well, there's no black tea. I know there's so, not. So, so basically, <laughs> we took we took out, uh, we took our, our moonshine, and I basically opened up your cinnamon sticks, and I loaded about five or six of them into a mason jar. I got the color just from that. That's the color of that I got and it's again it's similar to the rye maybe a little bit redder if you will uh, more red and then uh, and I'm like well how do I get the heat and I know fireball is a little sweeter tasting I'm like alright so I added some simple syrup
0: so you're introducing is this introducing sugar into the mason
2: jar yes or into the distillation process into the mason jar okay so I'm essentially uh, making the the fireball as you know Basically, fireballs is I believe 66 proof, and this is gonna this is this right now is above 90 proof, and then you're then once you taste it, you're gonna feel the heat, and that's red pepper flakes that I basically put it in there for two hours, and then I filter them all. So, Devin, on a big scale, what's this
0: gonna look like when you decide it's ready to go in the bottle? <clears throat> we talk about adding uh, sugar to sure. it, red pepper flakes. What's this going to look like on a big scale? It's
2: hot right now. <laughs> I'm your first customer. Oh let me tell you, this is amazing. I, I, I would tell you oh this first up.
1: I think he's trying to. He's been oh. following with that this one and and one or two others that he's been kind of just playing around with in mason jars. Still, I mean, it's kind of following what we did with the apple pie. You yeah. Start out with he makes unaged corn whiskey, local corn, and then and then we so in the cool. proofing process we introduce the other stuff. That's, your, you that's know, so, I, so I think kind of. Like introducing, you know, introducing the, and it's getting that. What's what's the recipe, right? What's the recipe on a small level, and then how do we extrapolate that out? He did the same thing with the the apple pie, you know. Then make that larger, you know. Like instead of doing a gallon, you're going to do 100 gallons, you know. So
0: this is like a all right. So what I get is you get a balance between if you did like a uh, a pepper vodka. Oh yeah and you did a fireball or a cinnamon moonshine because you get the cinnamon on the first on the palate in the beginning and then that red pepper flake kicks in yeah. yeah and what transfers in between is that sweetness to it so i'm like i mean i did i did add some water so i did distill the i did proof this down a little bit <laughs> when is
1: this coming out?
0: <laughs> Need a little refill? <laughs> yeah, yes. like the whole bottle, please. So it's only I a mean, little flask sample. That's right. what I'm saying. You know, when when this when this comes oh, about, so you've got this lingering pepper flavor, which is nice and warm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think
2: it's it's seasonal, right? So I think now is the time. I love this As it's getting colder and the snow starts hitting, I mean, who wouldn't want to sip this? Me. In front of a fire or outside in a hot tub, you know, when it's snowing. I'm not even going to start
0: with the hot tub conversation.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mine, we're getting a hot tub.
1: I got one in my backyard. I like to get my rye whiskey
0: on a big rock and sit out and watch the stars. That you can see out here. Like I said, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised you guys are having like, haven't installed hot tubs <laughs> into the front of the house yet. You know how many people told us they wanted a fire pole? And we were like, oh, that'll be just Well, trouble. It's funny because you said that because uh, there's a uh, Five Scenes to story in Norristown. So they're carrying that firefighter theme yeah. through. Yeah. And they do well, have got the pole. A fireplace, but he's he's not, a firehouse. but he's not a fire
1: theme. Like his, his name's not a fire. Place, but he's carried on the tradition of right. the town. The five saints
0: becomes the um, that pays homage to his family. Right, to his family, right? right. right. That, a great story, right? And, and, and it's, and cool it's in the firehouse. Yeah, it's a really cool yeah, place. Yeah. But yeah. this is yeah. the beauty of craft. I mean, mm-hmm. you take what you have and you create it and you make it your own, right? right. And this comes through in your personality. Yeah. As far as hook and flask, it comes through in your philosophy and and just how you feel about what you want people to enjoy while they're here, right? Yep. I, was just watching I know. Birds. Oh so my God, I'm so happy right now. You, have no you know idea. what, <laughs> Devin? You got this face on. You had this look on your face, like that was my. Yeah, my kid just hit that home run.
2: <laughs> so, so, and it's interesting because I get goose pimple on my arms when I talk about it. But even like you're saying, yeah, I got a smile on my face. You know, my cheeks are red. Anybody that knows me, that's me. But we talk about the bourbon. It's like that's 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 like our baby back there, and you know, baby's growing and. Uh, and we can't wait to meet our baby. Yeah. He's like the kid in
1: the candy store. Right? I am. You know, like we're up front doing stuff like, you know, getting ready for the night or whatever, and he comes up with like a, a flask like this and goes, Hey, come here. <laughs> you know, I want you to try this. You know, it's like, Oh, what's he got now? you know. So I mean he's 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 loving life doing that.
0: This, this reminds me when I was in high school, people would sell those toothpicks, which they oh, would the soak in the toothpicks. cinnamon oil. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I get it's that so on good. the nose, and that's just really—that's that, one of the things that just took me back to this. What are you pouring now? Well,
2: well this was—I was, was segueing into this now, and there's plenty of things you can do with Moonshot. And okay. This is, this is actually black tea. <laughs> it's black. tea. I, I don't have
0: tea. an empty glass, Devin. I mean, you're just messing with me.
2: Hey. Not, <laughs> I, you, We're not you, leaving here alive. You say what's what's on the horizon, and and Mark's right. Like, there's plenty. Like, sometimes I feel like. I get caught up in just doing, doing, doing the regular stuff. but then there's days like today. You know I finish up a couple things. We're at towards the end of the week. I work night shift. I'll be working tonight later on Saturday, Sunday. And I won't spend a lot of time in the weekend here, which is fine. Like generally during the day, I distill, I do all that stuff. I tell everybody we don't let them out of the back. <laughs> yeah. I'm a scared
0: customers. Well, that explains the uh, the electronic ankle bracelet <laughs> yeah. thing you got going on there. Yeah.
2: Well, when it goes off, I'll you know, notice I'm talking. But uh, no, uh, I I made this t- today. I made some black tea, uh, sweetened it up with some some simple syrup from the bar. Had had uh, the cooks and the the bartenders. Uh, kinda of helped me out a little bit and I basically Wait. proof proofed down uh, the the moonshine to eighty proof. And then I took this the iced tea. I used one cup iced tea and one cup eighty proof. That should equal forty. So mind, what I get I mean, see, one
0: of the things that you you, you pointed out yeah. is what's important for you is that wow. you get you still get the green forward. Yep. And I do get on the nose, I do get the corn essence of that. lose it, it a little it? bit
1: with the with the cinnamon one yeah. because the cinnamon's so strong. Yeah, I think I think it. you're right. I think that he, does come he out. He had me try this oh, as soon wow, as I this came is in today,
0: really good. and okay. he's like,
1: "That's the first thing I thought." You wow. can still you. Can so what is the
0: proof on this that we're drinking right now? Sure. Yeah, so it it you definitely get. Like if I'm drinking, like I can see throwing this in, and adding lemonade, oh, and this yeah. becomes a or really or, or a lemon a lemon peel and be, making this an Arnold Palmer or something well, it's like that. Absolutely, it's yeah. an easy yeah. sip and shine. And Wait, are we talking Along about yeah. the, you know? Look, here's what's here's what's come about. Wow, that's when great. you come to Hook and Flask, there's stuff going on. You got great cocktails. You got amazing food. You're going to have the um, music on Friday nights, Friday and Saturday, and Saturday right? nights. You're going to enjoy coming here. If you see Mark or Devin or anybody else floating around, ask them what they got cooking in the back and see, you know, get get their opinion of what you might want to have. It happens all the time. I'm sure, given what you're doing. Yeah. You're, look, we're grateful for your time. You guys have been a lot of fun, um, and and this has been why Dawn and I do I'm this for like, Minton Adventure. She's I mean, my still, oh, my here. this so, <laughs> is so good. But you're an infant distillery, and I think what you're doing is
1: definitely not. You're <laughs>
0: no. I, I, what I want to say to that point well, is that we're just that, over a year old. That's right, what you mean, right? Right. So, you know, but we're, we're, but todd- we're toddlers. We're not no, anymore. We're no, no. You're definitely so, not. Toddlers. But yeah, you're one of those overachieving toddlers. I mean, <laughs> this is amazing. You're, to your to your you know to to what you're doing, you're you're creating excellent spirits. Carlisle should be proud that you know you call this home because I'm I'm sure that from everywhere you could have gone, different places, you know you could have settled somewhere but this is really you know this is where your roots are this is what you're doing you know we're grateful for this time to sit down with you guys and we can't wait to see all the great things that are going to be happening with hook and flask we enjoyed our first time here we had an even better time sitting down with you on the second time here the third time I, I just don't know what you know just let's get in the hot tub and have fun <laughs> we'll have a party or something. that's right but, hey
1: we appreciate you guys coming out it was great for you to Bring us up and say, "Hey, can we come out and have a conversation?" We enjoy this, yeah, this all powerful. the time. I mean, what what's more fun than sitting around tasting a bunch of liquor, Especially right. when Nothing. you know it's coming from your place here, and you guys are, are you know are uh, courteous enough to kind of sit and, and have the conversation with us and
0: enjoy it with us. You know? So come on out to Hook and Flask. Still works in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Ask to see a Mark and Devin and see what, you know, is going on in the back. Thanks again, guys, for your uh, your hospitality. We really appreciate it. Thanks, you. Awesome. Appreciate it. Cheers. 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 <laughs>